You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition, part two of Matt Williamson's post-free agency power rankings. Free agency isn't completely over, as we know, it'll go all the way into training camp with players being signed, but the big names are now signed and the first wave of free agency is over and we kind of see how these teams are molding themselves as they prepare for the NFL draft and uh, getting into next week it'll be deep into draft season here on the program but we're checking in with all the moves from all the teams and where Matt Williamson has them ranked now uh, after the first wave of free agency. This episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. If you want to yell at Matt where your team is ranked in his power rankings, find him on Twitter at Williamson NFL. And part one yesterday, Matt, was teams 32 through 22. And now we've got to get to... Uh, team 21 I'll roll through those really quick just so those listeners out there know who uh, the first 10 or so teams were counting up from 32 to 1 Houston Texans last on Matt Williamson's power rankings at 32 then Detroit at 31 Jacksonville at 30 the Bengals at 29 28 is the New York Jets 27 Chicago Bears Carolina Panthers coming in at 26 the Philadelphia Eagles at 25 Las Vegas Raiders, 24 in the power rankings. New York Giants, 23. And the Minnesota Vikings coming in at 22 on Matt Williamson's post. First wave free agency power rankings, which brings us, Matt, to Team 21. It's been a fun little exercise. Take a little stock where the league is at. I have Atlanta at 21. I thought they were better than their final record last year, but they obviously had their issues. They have a new coach now. Um, I just think the offense is pretty darn good, especially the passing game. The defense still needs quite a bit of work. And one of my favorite signings, uh, under the radar one, that might have some big fantasy implications, I like the Mike Davis signing a lot for Atlanta, the running back. And he was the biggest dollar player that they brought in. They haven't made a lot (laughs) of moves and just a lot of small potato stuff, one-year, two-year deals. And it seems like, and probably the biggest move they made was restructuring Matt Ryan's deal, right? And locking him in there for a little while and sort of taking the mystery out of there. If maybe there could have been a deal done in the summer, Matt Ryan's going to be their quarterback. Now, that doesn't mean they won't take a quarterback, but I think it's pretty clear the direction they want to go and try to, under a new coaching staff, see where they're at with the current talent they have before they tear things apart there. So Matt Ryan and Julio back for at least one more there. A stalwart on their offensive line who is leaving, though, is Alex Mack going to San Francisco. Round three with Kyle Shanahan there for Alex Mack. He got a three-year, $14.8 million contract. And then, yeah, Mike Davis was the biggest purchase the Falcons made in free agency, and he was only there on a two-year, $5.5 million contract contract they lose Keanu Neal as well to Dallas who sounds like he's going to be more of a a dime linebacker for the Cowboys defense so not a ton to discuss here but I do think the offense has a chance to be really good and I think the coaching change will pay off um they have work to do I mean there's no question about it but um they they also drafted Hawley last year to take over for Mac so I'm not super worried about their O-line by the way Todd Gurley's still out there right a free agent yeah. has not been signed. They brought in Mike Davis, presumably to replace him. I don't know. I guess they could still bring Todd Gurley back. Obviously, he's not the same Todd Gurley that we uh, saw earlier in his career in Los Angeles or in college. What do you think about Todd Gurley? Does he even Is he going to have to take a, a one-year flyer like everybody else? 
I think if he's lucky, I mean, I, I think Todd Gurley and Lev Bell probably will play football again, but I'm not so certain. Wow. I'm like, I don't know that they'll get signed before the draft. I mean, it's amazing that you would even put put it that way, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think they'll play football again. I mean, those, those yeah, were two of the best bar, in the league you know? for a time. I mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. They're signing Keanu Neal, and the Cowboys come in at number 20 in your power rankings right now, Matt. Uh, they brought in Keanu Neal, and they've been busy. The Cowboys have a lot of, again, uh, like every team in the league this offseason, a lot of one- and two-year contracts. They lost Chidobe Awuzie to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they re-signed Jordan Lewis at corner. Andy Dalton heading to Chicago on a one-year $10 million contract. They lost Cameron Irving, so more players well, I guess more players coming in than out, but everyone's just on a one-year deal, and, and they were up against the cap, so it's not expected that they were going to do a ton in free agency. Yeah, actually, there's a lot of similarities between Dallas and Atlanta. The big move is you know, keeping your quarterback, of course, giving Dak all that money. I think the offense has a chance to be exceptional. I mean, it, it, even early in the season when Dak was there, they weren't winning games, but the offense was awesome. C.D. Lamb was tearing it up. And much like Atlanta, expect a very, very heavy defensive draft. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of familiar names on offense for both Atlanta and Dallas, and some work to be not, uh, some work to be done on defense. New coaching staffs there. So what? Uh, it's interesting that they're back to back for you. Uh, you know, the profile is kind of identical almost with those two teams, and they could go in a number of directions this year. They could both be playoff teams. They could both be drafting in the top ten again next year. Yeah, and Dallas is fortunate enough to play in a little bit easier division, of course. Um, you know, both these quarterbacks could be Pro Bowlers this year. Here's one that I bet you'll get some pushback on, Matt, and this is the Denver yeah. Broncos coming in at 19. Broncos fans thinking they should maybe be higher, and some other fans thinking, no, this team's not ready to win with Drew Locke, and they're bottom nine team in the league last year. In free agency, I think they've taken care of some obvious needs, cornerback being one of those. They brought in Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby. Those were really the only two players that they spent any money on in free agency. Philip Lindsay heads to Houston on a one-year deal. But to me, the big takeaway here with the Denver Broncos is it feels like they're gearing up for a quarterback in round one. Am I missing the boat here? I really like where this team's at. I mean, here's my thoughts for putting them this high. I mean, I'm sure some people think this is too high. I think this is a very poten potentially a top five defense, and the head coach has something to do with that. But they're thinking Von Miller back, you know. I mean, oh, by the way, that's a nice little pickup. Um, I think it's a top five group of receivers. I think it's a well coached, solid O line and running game. You notice I don't say there's one other thing, not a top five, <laughs> one other key area. Right. Yeah. No. You know, it's a great They have point. to make some move. I mean, it is. This Darnold's future home, okay. I mean, I don't know if that makes him a ton better, but that would at least add something to the puzzle. Can they trade up a couple spots and get Trey Lance or something like that? I mean, I kind of feel like that's where they're at. Yeah, I had him moving up for Justin Fields in my mock draft, going from nine to pick four with the Atlanta Falcons, in fact. And, and I still like that from my mock draft. I might keep that again the next time I do this. I just, I just really like that fit. I don't know internally how they feel about Drew Locke, New GM there who didn't draft him. I I really think quarterback is is the way they're gearing up to go, and I could be wrong about that, but that's just the way it feels right now with the Broncos because going out and spending money on two corners when that's what position is in every single mock draft for Denver, I think is pretty telling. 
Yeah, and you know most mock, like you said, always have a corner going there. I, I think quarterback would probably be the plan. You know, if I was in charge of that team right now, and my backup plan might be, hey, Micah Parsons ran a four three nine today. Um, you put him in the middle of that Ooh. defense. You know, this defense has always had those type of linebackers, and then maybe send my second or third round pick to the Jets for Darnold. Yeah, maybe just make the defense as good as you possibly can and, and cross your fingers and hope on offense with the playmakers that the quarterback position is going to, you know, be up to snuff there. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Two of the biggest moves they're going to make is just getting healthy and having guys like Corlin Sutton and Von Miller back. Yeah, absolutely. And not playing a game with a non-quarterback and some things like that, too. All right, we're getting into the teens here in Matt Williamson's post-free agency power rankings. We'll see who's coming up next 18 through, uh, I might get into the top 10 on today's program on Peacock and Williamson. However in-depth with repairs you can and would like to get at home with your vehicle, rockauto.com allows you to do so. Or just the staples, the things that everybody needs. Jumper cables. Do you not have jumper cables in your car? Go get some at rockauto.com. Engine parts, brake parts, oil, whatever you need, rockauto.com has it, and they have reliably Low prices, such an amazing selection. Go to rockauto.com. You will be blown away by the selection they have on any vehicle you could imagine. I'm scrolling rockauto.com. It goes all the way down to 1909 Model Ts. Yes, they have parts for that. It's crazy. So fix up that old car. Keep your new car running smooth. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We are getting into the enticing eight, the 2021 Built Bar Bracket. What is your favorite flavor? Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote. Today's matchup, Mint Brownie versus Coconut Marshmallow Puff. The Marshmallow Puff getting a lot of heat in this tournament, but I'm going OG. I'm going Mint Brownie. In fact, Mint Brownie, not my favorite to win this thing. I feel like I'm going to be disappointed just like I was with the peanut butter flavors. What flavor of Built Bar will reign supreme? Find out at BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars, which are high in protein, high in fiber, yet low in calorie and low in sugar, while somehow not sacrificing any wonderful taste. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Team number 18 in your power rankings is a team that I'm sure most people in and around the Tennessee Titans feel is a playoff team, and they're going to be competing for a playoff spot, but you have them in the back half of teams in your power rankings in the NFL this offseason. Is it because of the losses? Is it because you just don't believe in the core that's there in Tennessee? 18 is where you have the Tennessee Titans ranked. I'm a little worried about them. I mean, I think losing Arthur Smith, I mentioned this with Atlanta, is a big, big deal. I like Tannehill, but I think Tannehill's numbers have been a little inflated with Smith and Henry and the way they play. And after the catch production that I don't think will be there quite as much without Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. Um, They haven't drafted very well lately. I mean, Isaiah Isaiah Wilson's the the best example of that. You can scream in. I I don't know if the line's going to be wonderful on offense. You know, Bud Dupree, hey, go Steelers. I, I like Bud, but I don't know that he just fixes all their pass rush woes. I, I mean, he's not a number one. And the secondary's got revamped a little bit. So I could see this being a step backwards year for the Titans. 
You got Bud Dupree coming off the opposite edge from Harold Landry there now. Um, five years, $82.5 million, $16.5 million per year on that five-year contract for Bud Dupree. They can get out of that, dear, that deal after two years with most of that guaranteed money gone. Two years, uh, $33, $34 million worth of a contract, potentially, if, if they ended up spending too much on Bud Dupree there. And it sounds like maybe you think they might have. Um, yeah. But they lost John U. Smith. They, they lost... Dory Jackson, they lost Corey Davis, so uh, more talent definitely going out than coming in there, and you know, and again, some one-year contracts there. But the Tennessee Titans are, are a team that it's really hard for me to figure out where they should be, and you putting them at eighteen means that there's some teams that are a little bit more in the up-and-coming variety that have passed them up this off-season, and, right? And I yeah. think one of those is the Miami Dolphins, right? That you have at seventeen here. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. You know, I mean, uh, two years ago, the, the tank for Tua was on, and this was a dismal, dismal roster. I think Brian Flores and company have, have done a remarkable job. This has a little bit of that Denver feel in that, you know, I don't think they're going to make a quarterback change, but a lot hinges on what they get out of the uh, out of the quarterback position. Um, but the best in, you know, Miami's offseason is yet to come. They're really stacked with draft picks, and they really yeah. kind of control the draft too. If you look at every mock draft, it now goes. It used to, we used to say the draft starts at two after Trevor Lawrence. It's seeming more and more now that the draft starts at three in every mock because Zach Wilson's going number two to the Jets in every single one of them. So uh, the biggest hinge point there in the draft is probably the Dolphins at three could be a big trade spot. Um, they could even still go quarterback. I don't think that's out of the question. I would be surprised. If they did, and I want to ask you this about Tua, what do you take away from Tua's rookie season, and do you think too much was placed on him as a rookie just because of the hip injury? And and there was one yeah. thought that he wouldn't play at all in his rookie season. Right. I think we need to remember that, that if you, I mean, whenever he was drafted, he, he hadn't worked out really. I mean, the hip injury was looming. We didn't know when he'd get on the field. That was just a, you know, a, a little over a year ago, really just a year ago. And then the poor rookie, the poor guy as a rookie doesn't get midi camps or in the normal preseason and training camp and really pretty bad blocking in front of him. His tape wasn't good, but he wasn't exactly set, set up to, you know, hit the ground running and just put this team on his back last year. So I, I think this year will be a lot more indicative, good or bad, I mean, what he really is. I, I think evaluating Tua just off we saw as a rookie for all the reasons I mentioned is a little rough. And if they didn't love Tua and weren't committed there, then they wouldn't have let Ryan Fitzpatrick walk to Washington, right? Right, or... They're planning on taking a quarterback or, and none of us know it, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, uh, Will Fuller on a one-year deal. That'll help him out. Deep threat there yeah. coming from Houston, uh, one-year, $10.5 million. Right, and I wonder what they will do if they do stick at three because I think they're going to get some kind of great offer to move back to a Denver or a Carolina or somebody like that, even New England. They probably wouldn't deal with New England. Um, I probably would take Penny Sewell. But they could still add another weapon, even though they're pretty set with receivers when you include Gasecki and Devontae Parker and, and Fuller's much different. They're, those three guys are very have a very a varied skill set in terms of receivers. Yeah, you have to believe that the value in moving down for a team that wants a quarterback would outweigh maybe drafting Jamar Chase, knowing that there's some other good receivers in this class all the way down into to later rounds or where they would be trading down to, um, you know, Penny Sewell. But there's also some other good offensive linemen. 
How about a dark horse of Kyle Pitts there at number three? See, I wouldn't. I almost brought him up when we talked about Atlanta at four. I wouldn't give anyone a hard time for taking Kyle Pitts. I mean, if the Jets took him at two and decided to stick with Darnold, I'd say I understand. The Arizona Cardinals coming in at number 16 here, and they have been quite active in free agency. They're a tough one for me. I I don't know exactly where to judge them because they were highly competitive last year, especially when Murray was playing at full strength. But I also feel like the, not Murray so much, but maybe Kingsbury and where this team is, is at a crossroads. I mean, they're not at the Bears, you know, win at all costs or get fired mode. But I think if you have, if you don't take a step forward, people are going to start asking, is this the right guy for the job? Are they making enough progress? And as a result, I think they kind of feel that and say, we're going to bring in a bunch of old dudes and, you know, try to win now, maybe mortgage the future a little. And there's some high character guys, likely Larry's leaving. You bring in guys that have won a lot to kind of take on that role as well. The big brother role. Um, But I don't know how good they really are. So I guess it's not an accident. They ended up right in the middle at 16. It's interesting because free agency didn't help them out long-term and they lost Mm -hmm. a lot of players as well. They lost Hassan Reddick. They lost Kenyon Drake, Patrick Peterson going to Minnesota. Uh, They replaced... Peterson with Malcolm Butler from Tennessee on a one-year $6 million deal. A.J. Green coming over from Cincinnati on another one-year $6 million contract. And obviously the big one was J.J. Watt, two years, $28 million. So um, some some big names there. Did they get a lot better? Did they get any better? And they definitely didn't help themselves long-term, but a very win-now sort of an offseason for a team that obviously believes they're on the cusp. Yeah, and I really like sticking Hudson in at center. I mean, he'll be the leader of that offensive line. They need that. Um, you mentioned the Malcolm Butler signing. That just happened this morning, I think, and they certainly needed corner help. They're another team that could probably go a lot of different directions on draft day. I don't know that they would pass on a J.C. Horn or one of those type of corners still, but could go in numerous different ways. Maybe they add another receiver or weapon as well. They, I wonder what they're going to do at running back. I mean, Chase Edmonds is kind of quietly sitting there as the starter. I bet they get some kind of competition, but I kind of feel like they might like him more than we think. Yeah, they might like him more than we think, and they might just say, you know what, we're not going to spend here. We're going to spend mm-hmm. on J.J. Watts and A.J. Greens and just go into the draft with the running back to compete. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's the plan. Oh, I didn't really think about this, but what about ATN? I was thinking that as I was saying that, like maybe the not in the first round, but if you traded back or if you traded up in the second, but I guess they don't have a third. I'm just kind of, you know, workshopping this as we think, but with as much open space as they create with their four receiver sets, I think they would, I I bet ATN's their favorite back for their system. Right. Yeah. I can see him being their favorite back. Would they draft him at 16? I don't know. I I personally would not. I would Mm -hmm. lean toward corner, but that could be definitely a big a big shakeup in the draft in the first round. And and I could see the fit. Absolutely. I can see the fit. No doubt. An up and coming team. And it's weird that Washington is an up and coming team being a playoff team from last year, but I think they're definitely getting better. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the stopgap there, or at least compete with uh, Taylor Heineke there at quarterback uh, in Washington, but some pieces on defense, adding a little bit on offense for now, and then pick 19, probably not a long-term quarterback piece there, but obviously they can get a you know a nice player in the draft as well to keep this thing building. And right now, this is the, the top team in your NFC East in the power rankings. 
Right. And they're not 20th. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the NFC East is looking up a little bit as a whole. I think this defense is great. I mean, we know the front line is great. I think William Jackson is a tremendous addition. This is maybe another Micah Parsons landing spot, something like that. I mean, their linebackers aren't great, but the back end and the coverage and the pass rush is phenomenal. Uh, they have weapons now. I mean, we don't even include guys like Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas. I mean, that are, I think, only getting better. Uh, they seem like a solidly built organization for the first time in a long time with coach and all the way down. Don't have their quarterback of the future, but Fitzpatrick makes them relevant. You know, I mean, I think it's an upgrade. They certainly will be way more aggressive at the quarterback position. And they just, you know, he just has to be a ball distributor with all the guys that are so good with the ball in their hands in this offense. If I'm not mistaken, oh, and by the way, Curtis Samuel, big addition there, William Jackson. So yeah. that was the, the money spent in free agency. They went after it. They did lose Ronald Darby in the secondary, though. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there's a little change up in your rankings. For those of you that might be following along with Matt's article about his power rankings at Pro Football Network, the team in the 14th spot, I think, has changed here. So we'll check in in just a moment what that team is and where they have gone next. Seeing all the pro day workouts around college football, and uh, I don't know how gospel we can take some of these workout numbers, ridiculously fast times and high jumps from everybody, the, the most four twos and four threes I can ever remember seeing, but these prospects are jockeying for position. Do you think you know where guys are going to get selected? You can bet on such things. Go to betonline.com. AG and find NFL draft props. You can find NFL futures who will win the Super Bowl next year, college football futures, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and of course, March Madness. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and even beyond sports, awards shows, TV shows, reality television, table games, poker, you name it, betonline.com. AG has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Sign up free. Go to betonline.ag or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. For those of you who have seen the article at Pro Football Network, Matt, they would know that Team 14 for you is the Los Angeles Chargers, but have they made some move? up for you yeah i mean power ranks are one of those weird things for me like and really any rankings are i mean if you would rank your top 50 fantasy players your top dozen guards whatever when you go back and you look at them after the fact and that's why i always write them go away for a while look at them again turn them in well i've waited you know almost a week and i'm looking at this i'm gonna move the chargers up and therefore someone has to fall down to the 14th spot I'm going to be pretty darn harsh on my Pittsburgh Steelers, move them from 10 to 14. Free agency really did nothing for them. I knew that was coming. I, I think the defense is still great in Pittsburgh, and you get Bush back. That's nice. But it probably won't be quite as good as last year. You lose Bud Dupree. You'll, you, know, you just cut Nelson as a solid starting corner. And as of right now, their running game is non-existent. I mean, the draft is going to be dedicated to, you know, or a big key is getting a quality ball carrier, better blocking. And where's Ben at right now? So uh, on second review, I'm going to move the Steelers down to 14. 
they cut Steven Nelson and lost Mike Hilton to Cincinnati. So does that suddenly become a big draft need for the Steelers now? Where I think you, I think you had them going running back at pick twenty four in your first mock draft. Is that going to shift to corner at this point? Possibly. Um, their the, their biggest priority in free agent was bringing back Cameron Sutton, who's a much better developing player than most listeners probably know. Um, slot or outside, he's actually played safety too. He does everything well. They like him, homegrown talent. Um, I don't know that it's priority number one, and I'm really getting deep in the weeds here with the Steelers, but I think, and I, I don't know this for sure because I didn't get, there was no preseason. They drafted Justin Lane a couple of years ago in the third round out of Michigan State, who some birdies are telling me they think he can be a starter. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. We'll but they see better that. draft a corner somewhere. Right. They got to draft one too because they lost yeah. some pieces on defense, and that's been the calling card for the Steelers. And you know, you lose Bud Dupree, Mike Hilton, uh, Stephen Nelson there. But I mean, the standout, the one that's glowing here on this list of free agent moves for the Steelers is Juju Smith-Schuster coming back on a one-year, eight million dollar yeah. deal. I think that's a bargain for them, and I was surprised to see Juju back in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I said on every podcast I've ever been on and radio hit that oh, Juju's not going to be back. Don't worry about that. But yeah, when he calls saying, hey, I'll play for $8 million, you say, thanks you very much. Let's do it. Let's run it back. So the weapons are strong. So let's get into, let's see if we can get all the way to the top 10 here. Who's 13 in your power rankings now post-free agency? I think I'll just bump everyone up one and we'll go to the Chargers. I'm pretty darn excited about Brandon Staley taking over. I mean, I know usually I'm hard on first-time coaches. And I'm sure he'll have some growing pains. But I think he's going to do wonders for that defense. And I'm not saying Bosa and Derwin are Darnold and Ramsey, but you can kind of understand that. And uh, there's a lot of talent on this team that I think has not been developed or you know or lived up to its potential under other coaching staffs. I think Herbert's a star, and now he's actually protected. They have good weapons. I mean, they're, they're going to add a couple good pieces probably in the draft too so i like where the chargers sit i mean just with the one move of signing the best center available in Corey lindsley and it's not cheap but i think it's well worth it and i think it's a it's a fantastic yes. move and it's a good statement for them to shore up their offensive line and their center the guy that's right in front of their young superstar trending quarterback five years 62 and a half million dollars for Corey lindsley to be the center there long term uh, in los angeles with the chargers Love it. And I, I really don't care if it is an overspend. He goes from being Aaron Rodgers center to the second year phenom. I mean, what a, a security blanket that's going to be for Herbert. You're trying to totally rebuild a line that they haven't put enough attention to. And now you have your centerpiece, you know, the, the biggest stick in the locker room, in the O-line room. I mean, there there's a lot of ripple effects. And oh, by the way, he's an excellent player and might be the best center in the league. So um, I think that's a huge addition on and off the field. Another little Chargers note I've been kind of keeping under wraps. I've been trading for Austin Eckler left and right in my dynasty leagues. People are a little down on him after a low year. People think he's getting up in age because running back years age so quickly. He's going to catch a million balls in this offense. This is going to be a Saints offense. I like the offensive coordinator higher. I think Eckler is going to have a giant year, too. I like it. That's a fantastic nugget there. I'm going to write that name yeah. down right now. Austin Eckler, I already liked him. I like him a little bit more now. Appreciate that one, Matt. Sure. Um, let's go to a pick. Oh, wait, not pick. Uh, ranking number, where are we, 12, 13, 12 with the Indianapolis Colts? 
don't know what to think of them. I mean, they haven't done much. They, they just brought back T.Y. Hilton. I think that happened since we got together yesterday. Obviously, they traded for Wentz. So, I mean, and I just said they didn't do much. But they had so much cap space. You would have thought that they added a little bit more. Maybe they'll sign an Alvil and a Wava or something like that. That would make some sense. But it's a pretty solid roster. I mean, they're going to run the ball well. They brought back Marlon Mack. I'm not quite sure why, but fair enough. I think Wentz is in a much better situation here than Philly. It's a good defense, you know, led by DeForest Buckner and Leonard. So I think they're a quality team. I, I, I would have liked a little bit more sizzle to the offseason, though, after the Wentz trade. Yeah, it was a little bit like, okay, uh, runner-up with some free agents, didn't want to overpay, wasn't able to to get someone like Trent Williams in. And so let's stamp hat. We're already a pretty good team and, and trust the process and continue on. I'll tell you why, though, they did re-sign Marlon Mack is because he only signed for one year, $2 million contract. So just good locking point. up a backup there for, for not much. Jacoby Brissett's now going to back up Tua in Miami, and they held on to Xavier Rhodes and T.Y. Hilton on one-year deals. And Eason kind of looms, too, as you know, uh, a quarterback to not forget about totally. I assume he'll be the true two this year behind Wentz. He was a three as a rookie. Um, but they still could use another pass rusher. They could still use a left tackle. They need a left tackle. And you'll probably only get one of them in the draft. And I, I like how they're built, though. I mean, my, my draft ditty for them was they make 8 million second-round picks. You know, they don't act hastily. They don't overpay for things. So maybe, you know, not overspending in free agency was expected. But one more thing would have been nice, you know, a left tackle or a pass rusher or somebody. But maybe they could, I mean they would be a perfect team to call like Melvin Ingram and say, Hey, come be our Justin Houston for the year. Mm -hmm. Somebody like that. I I would have expected a little bit more of a, just one powerhouse player because they had the money yeah. because they're a good destination, a good team. Right. A hundred percent agree. One guy. I mean, the Carl Lawson or something, you know, somebody like mm -hmm. that even. Here's a team that was, if I'm not mistaken, in your preseason 2020 rankings were in the top three. Might have been even number two overall, and that is the New Orleans Saints that have now tumbled down to number 11 as we head into 2021. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly where I had them, but I do remember preseason power ranks. To me, there was the Saints and the Niners in the in the NFC, the Ravens and the Chiefs in the NFC as the, the, the clear tier one teams in the NFL. I don't remember exactly what order I had those four in. Um, the same thing get hit as hard in free agency as we expected. I mean, their accounting is remarkable. Uh, they still have a great offensive line. I've said many times I'm still on the Winston train. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he might be better. They might have better quarterback play this year. With all respect to Drew Brees' career, the ability to drive the ball down the field. I mean, he ain't what he, he ain't what he used to be last year. And the defense is still pretty stacked. Trey Hendrickson gone. Sheldon Rankins, Justin Hardy, Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, all leaving town. And obviously the the Saints couldn't do a lot with, with you know, spending. And they weren't going to be able to spend to bring back someone like Trey Hendrickson. But they didn't have to cut any really big star players, which I think was a huge win probably for them in the offseason, even though maybe on paper they're not as good as they were. Right. I mean, when I saw their cap numbers just on paper, I'm thinking they're going to have to trade Marshawn Lattimore or Ryan Ramchek or no way they could bring back Marcus Williams on a franchise tag or in yeah. any capacity. 
and they got off pretty easy, all things considered. Yeah, healthy Michael Thomas could go a long way too. Yeah, and Michael Thomas is another one. I, I was surprised he they were able to bring back that core, so that bodes well for the Saints not having such a precipitous fall, even though they did drop quite a bit here in the power rankings from 2020 to 2021 with the draft still to go and maybe some late free agents to be added, potentially if they can find a little bit of room in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I also have a lot of faith in Sean Payton. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure Kamara and Thomas will be just fine this year. It's all about that quarterback position. How do they how yeah. do they play there? Uh, the New England Patriots coming in at number 10. We'll finish up there on today's show, then do nine through one on Friday. The Patriots were way down on your list. They, they're in the opposite direction as uh, as the New Orleans Saints were. And, and you know, we talked all season long in 2020 about how bad that new uh, that um, New England Patriots roster was and they still still were able to you know hold their head above water and they didn't completely collapse and then Bill Belichick saying you know what I'm gonna flip the script do something that we really don't do here in New England and we're gonna sign everybody let's go I didn't know exactly where to put them I mean to me this ranking is a ringing endorsement of Bill Belichick the coach more so than Bill Belichick the GM some of their signings to me were exorbitant you know I mean Aguilar and Bourne are are number three guys. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like their receiver problem isn't fixed. Those guys are fine, but they're not amongst the top 50 wide receivers in the league, but they have a great O-line. Now they're great at tight end. All those guys back from opt outs. I think the defense is pretty solid at all level. When you factor in the Dante Hightowers and Van Noy returning and those type of dudes, Judon, Really good secondary. I just think now Bill has a pretty good, and I think he's back to having a league average roster where he had a bottom roster and he won seven games with a junk roster. He'll probably be a double digit winning coach again. You mentioned Aguilar, 11 mil per year on a two year contract from Las yeah. Vegas, and Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco gets three years, 15 million dollars, which is a lot more than I expected him to get. They brought back Kyle Van Oy on a two year deal. Worth twelve million total, six million per year. Uh, Joe Tooney was a big loss there at left guard, and that's that's a pretty big hole. Five years, eighty million dollar contract with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, but they did some spending it tied in. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry both getting twelve and a half million per year. Three years for Henry, four years for Johnny Smith, and then Matt Judon was their biggest purchase in the offseason. Four years, fifty four and a half million dollars. And I sure think they're going to be aggressive. I don't know if you can get it done to get Fields or Lance. They're at 15. There might be one of the top five quarterbacks just falling into their lap there, but more than likely they'll have to get up a few spots to secure a quarterback of the future if that's the direction they want to go. Or we'll maybe see the same old Patriots when it comes to the draft and they'll be moving down and collecting draft picks. But with all the signings and free agency, I have a feeling that this year it's just a bizarro year for the Patriots and they might actually be going up instead of down in the draft. Yeah, I think they set themselves up well to do that. I don't know that you can totally trust Newton and just say my quarterback situation is set. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree there. Right. All right, tomorrow we'll come back with any of the latest news and finish up Matt Williamson's post-free agency power rankings and, and find out what all the moves were here from teams 9 through 1 as we head toward the NFL Draft. Daily got you covered on Peacock and Williamson.